Welcome, welcome to the Public Handicapper Podcast. This podcast covers the four races run every weekend on publichandicapper.com. This is show number 20, July 19th, 2019. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Public Handicapper, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how was your trip to Lone Star last week? It was great. I really enjoyed it. I had never been there before. I, it was a little warm. But it didn't keep the crowd away, and it didn't stop the racing. And um, the 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 hosts, the the people that put the contest on, were great. Brandon Lee and others there. And a um, little bit disappointing result because I was in the money or in the NHC spots up until the very last race, and a late odds drop sort of cost me getting into the NHC on that contest. But I still made some money, won a little prize money. And had a good time. So, and I can check off another racetrack that I've been to um, across America. I'd like to visit as many as I can. So that's one more down. And I plan to return to Lone Star Park again. I thought it was fun and worth a second visit for sure. That's that's great. Uh, I've been to Sam Houston, but they did not have live racing that day. I, I went for a contest. So uh, it's, it's great that you got to experience live racing on that day, which was a pretty big day for, for Texas or for Lone Star. And yeah, we also it was have, one of their, oh, oh, sorry. It was one of their, <laughs> their big days. So cool. It was fun. Now we have a special guest today. He qualified for the NHC last week at Arlington and is leading the editor's challenge on Public Handicapper. He's known as Illinois Wes, Henry Wessel. Henry, welcome back to the PH Pod. Thanks. Uh, nice to be back. Uh, nice to uh, come back after having a uh, decent uh, showing in a contest. For uh, it's been a while since I qualified for the NHC, so that was a good time on Saturday. So, um, pleasure to be back. All right, fantastic. Well, we have four really solid races this week. The first two only have seven horses, so it's going to be a, hopefully a little easier to pick a winner. Uh, we'll start with the 11th race at Monmouth. It's the matchmaker stakes at a mile and an eighth on the turf for Phillies and Mares, three years old and up. And Henry, since you are the guest, why don't you start? All right. So this one, uh, obviously just a field of seven. Um, I landed on uh, I'm So Fancy. I had picked her back in the Gallaret a couple of races back where she finished fourth in her first uh, U.S. start. Uh, she came back in a stakes race at Laurel and uh, followed up that fourth place finish with a win there. Uh, relatively easy. Uh, Trevor McCarthy had her pretty well positioned in the stretch, and she just kind of moved on by and won at 2-1 uh, to one up at Laurel. Now she uh, comes back in a grade three at Monmouth. It's a small field. She has some decent uh, early positioning available to her, so I think she'll uh, 
sit in a pretty good spot, then I think she'll uh, be able to get the job done here at uh, eh, maybe three, three to one-ish or so forth. Um, I think obviously the horse on the outside competition of ideas for Chad Brown will take uh, quite a bit of money after finishing second to Homer Reek in her last two. Um, I'm just inclined to uh, uh, kind of avoid her at low odds. Um, just um, think she may, I don't know, she just didn't uh, didn't strike me as being an overwhelming favorite, favorite in here after her two uh, second place finishes. And I'm so fancy, just looks like she's getting better. And she faced uh, some pretty good competition in Europe. So uh, she's the one I'd go with in here. I think competition of ideas will be crushed by the Monmouth crowd. So I think that nine to five morning line is a little light and probably she goes off at four to five, but we'll see. Okay. Chris, what, what are your thoughts on this race? Well, I agree with Henry that I'm so fancy it could improve some, although I think that that race last time was the time to play her that second off a layoff um, with a good trainer. I don't know how much more she will improve off that in her third start, but she's pretty solid. Um, I'm a little, have a little more respect for competition of ideas. I think clearly she's the one to beat. I really don't have a lot of knocks on her other than, you know, maybe she comes from way out of it and there's not a lot of pace. So that might compromise her chances a bit. Um, and she will be heavily overbet. I agree with you, Scott, that, She's probably below even money when they go off at post time, just given her connections and the horses she's been competing against. Um, so I'm willing to try to beat her, but I think you've got to respect her when you're making your wagers um, and probably include her. Um, I think the play in here is the seven horse Zenobia or yeah, Zenobia. Um, I like her trainer um he is an up-and-coming trainer uh the horse had a just a nightmare trip in her u.s debut last time out she had lots of trouble multiple times in, throughout the race um i like these foreign horses who come over that were you know running like seven furlongs and a mile in europe and now they stretch out to a little farther you know mile and 16th mile and eighth I think that really suits those European runners, and that's what we see here. And they brought her back in her first start at a mile and a 16th, which I thought was a good sign as well. Um, so to me, she has a, a chance to run. This is the, the big second off a layoff after a troubled trip, and I think this is where you want to play this horse. And I don't know if you'll get the 8-1, to one, but you might if they pound competition of ideas. And um, if you do or anything close to that, I think she's the play in the race. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that second off the layoff and knew you would pick that horse. <laughs> um, and I think it's a good play. And I have not looked at that trip, but you're right. It's, a, it's the perfect play. It has back numbers, second off the layoff. I will have to revisit and look a little bit more closely before I put in my public handicapper picks. But like Henry, I landed on I'm So Fancy, who carries four pounds more than Zenobia, by the way. So that is that could be a factor in my decision. They're both seven to one on public handicapper. And the reason why I like I'm So Fancy 
as much as I do, which is a fair amount, is that it's a perfect third off a layoff. I, I know you're big on second off a layoff, and, and I am too, but the, the third off a layoff is really when a horse can really pop, I think, and especially if they haven't popped in the second off layoff. So it was a small improvement from her previous race, and she has back numbers, and she, she hasn't raced, she hasn't really improved much from her three to four-year-old year. So I think she can really pop here, and the trainer hits third off a layoff at 27%. So, so for now, that is my horse, I'm So Fancy. Zenobia looks really logical, and I'm going to have to watch that race and maybe a uh, little exact is in order, and if not that, uh, a try, including competition of ideas, who looks really tough. Hey, one uh, oddball thing about Z- a- a- Zenobia is the horse that she lost to two back at Leopardstown, Pincheck, actually raced a couple times in the U.S. last year, and actually Pincheck shipped back to Leopardstown and ran yesterday in a stakes race there for like 60000 and finished fifth. Not that, I mean, the race she had against Zenobia was a year ago, but just kind of um, when you compare the horses she faced against with the horses that I'm so fancy faced against, I think the ones that I'm so fancy faced uh, were of much better quality. Okay, any any other uh, thoughts on this race, Chris? I just, the two other horses I would just mention is a valedictorian, I think, looks like lone speed and that it, she is kind of a gritty horse but she's her final speed figures aren't that fast at the weights but um you know she certainly seems to have a tactical edge um but i think she's an underlay and then i was going to ask henry if he watched any replays from brazil on Toriga because that's the other kind of mystery horse in here making her first u.s start for grand motion I, I did not go into the uh, realm of the internet to try to find any replays on uh, Toriga yet, but, uh, um, you know, she did have some wins there, and it's probably worth a watch just to see how she looked, but I, I hadn't done that yet. Okay, well, um, so we're, we've got two on I'm So Fancy, one on Zenobia, and we'll move to the 12th race at Monmouth, which is the Haskell Invitational. It's a grade one mile and an eighth on dirt worth $1 million for three-year-olds. And Chris, let's have you start this one off. Okay, this one, it was a little disappointing to only see a seven-horse field um, in this race. Um, and I think uh, there's the main thing that I that stood out for me on this race was that six of the seven horses are basically, you know, need the lead or have to be right on or pressing the lead type horses, six of the seven, which is pretty unusual in a grade one race going nine furlongs. And so I think you have to factor that into your handicapping. Um, clearly maximum security is going to be the favorite. Um, I've always been sort of ambivalent on this horse. I just don't know how good he is. But in his last start, it was the first time he ever really didn't have a perfect trip. And 
he he lost um and he got beat on the square by king for a day i mean there's some excuses made for his start um but i don't think it really cost him much he got the position he expected to have going into the first turn it wasn't that bad of a start and in fact to me that bad start is another reason to be against him because that can often be a sign of some physical issues um you really can't tell much from his workouts because of the way Jason Service trains his horses you can't tell anything from the workouts but um I I just am inclined to play against maximum security at low odds he's one of the six horses that wants to be on the lead he drew the outside unless they really gun him from the gate he's going to be caught wide on that first turn um and so I'm I think he's a play against um the horse I like in here just purely on race dynamics is Everfast who is the lone closer in this field um he sort of clunked up in the Preakness and ran second but I think he could get the same kind of trip in here um and they could be really gassed um really really gassed when they turn for home in this race um his Belmont you know he was just up too close to the early pace that day and he flattened out late that was you know a mile and a half he cuts back in distance for this he gets Julian Lepero who's a very patient rider and I think will fit him really well in this race you know he will be far back early but um they could all be very very tired when they turn for home and I think he could roll past all of them um at a decent price so that's the way i'm leaning on this race ever fast to fly past a tiring um set of front runners to win the grade 1 million dollar haskell all right henry what are your thoughts on this one all right i like chris i'm i'm kind of ambivalent on maximum security as well i didn't like him in the derby um i used him in the pick 5 in the derby and got disqualified out of a Five thousand dollar pick five, but they only had used him as a safety. Um, I I don't think he's. I'm I'm just not sold on him. So, it's a small field looking for a crazy long shot. The one I'm inclined to land on as a crazy long shot is Spun to Run, who has not raced since March. Uh, I watched the replay of his last race. He won at three to five. He was all over the place in the stretch. It looks like they're adding blinkers for this race. Um, he's had a couple works um, at parks. Not, not usually inclined to play the park shippers. He gets Paco Lopez in here, and at 15 to one or higher in a seven-horse field, I'm kind of inclined to use him as the wild, crazy long shot. Just um, thinking he may be able to sit a little bit off the pace and make a run. And Paco Lopez certainly um, isn't. Uh, shy about being aggressive and making a move early or stuff like that. So I think he may have a long shot chance. I think the most likely winner is probably going to be Mucho Gusto. Just think that he's uh, showed the ability to sit off the pace a little bit in his last start. Uh, Baffert has been pointing to this with him. He's only going to be 2 to 1, so he's not that enticing as a contest play, but I think he's probably the most likely winner, but I think uh Spun to Run may, may be my crazy uh long shot pick to win this. Um Everfast certainly benefits from the pace scenario and I see him probably hitting the board just don't know if I think he's going to get on the win on on up in time for the win All right well I will add a little bit on maximum security 
I think he could potentially really pop in this race. And I actually disagree. I think that start really compromised him in his last race. So, you know, he still ran well um, to get second. But I did notice when they were running, he looked like he was just a smaller horse than King for a day. I don't know if it was an optical illusion or not. But if I was rooting for him, I think I would have felt bad because it, like King for a day looked like a giant behind him. Uh, but I, I'm definitely not going to take maximum security, obviously, for value reasons, uh, mainly because the speed. There's so much speed in this race. But I'm inclined to agree with Henry on Spun to Run, who on sheet figures, his last race was equal to the best that maximum security has ever run. And there's precedent for a horse like this with his trainer. He had a horse named Zanotti. I, I think he, I think Zanotti still runs. He might even be running on the card Saturday. But Zanotti had, was coming off like a 150-day layoff, and still he had the perfect number to win a stake race that we had on Public Handicapper. And I picked him that day, and he won at 38 to one. He's I just don't see any reason why this horse can't keep on improving. He's improved or matched his top every single race. So the the only question then is, can he get caught up in a pace battle? And, you know, he even if you look at his running lines and the racing form, even at the half, he's never been on the lead. His pace figures have been increasing. And naturally, he's getting faster. But if they can keep this horse just behind the speed brigade, I think the horse has a great shot to win the race. Uh, just a note, uh, Zanotti, who's actually owned by 10 Strike Racing, um, is running a few races earlier on the card, and I think is a live long shot um, in that race. He's going against uh, Cole Front and Mahong, Manongahela and... Bell Harbor and War Story, um, but he drew the rail, and he's going, I think, third off a layoff. And like you said, he's every once in a while he can run some pretty good numbers. So, just another race for the listeners to look at is the tenth at Monmouth with Zanotti. Okay, that will uh, do it for us at Monmouth, where I will actually be at the races that day. I'll be attending my twenty-something Haskell, something like my twenty-fifth. So looking forward to that. You'll be uh, wearing you... a, a big sweatshirt and gloves, right? <laughs> I, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be wearing the skimpiest thing I can possibly find. Uh, hopefully it won't be too, <laughs> it won't look too bad. Uh, all right, so let's go to Del Mar for our third race on Public Handicapper. It's the sixth race at Del Mar, which just opened this week. It's the Daisy Cutter Handicap at five furlongs on the turf. Purse is 85000 It's for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. And Henry, what are your thoughts on this one? All right. This one, uh, nice field of 10 going five furlongs on the turf. Um, looks like there's uh, quite a bit of speed in here. Uh, I think S.Y. Sky is probably the horse to beat. She's uh, seven for 13 overall with five seconds. Um, she comes in uh, off a little bit of a layoff, but uh, she looks... Uh, pretty tough in here but the horse i uh think i'm gonna end up going with is uh horse trying the turf for the first time 
uh, just grazed me. Uh, she makes her first start since December. Uh, she had a turf work at uh, Del Mar last week where she worked 49-2. and two. Uh, I think she can possibly sit a little bit off the pace and kind of get first run as they turn to home. Uh, she's kept some pretty decent uh, company in some cowbred races and uh, also an open grade three back on the dirt. So I think she um, she may just be the one to pick in here at a decent price um, where a lot of these other ones uh, have been on the turf before. She gets uh, trying the turf the first time and makes her first start as a four-year-old. So that's the one I would go with in here. All right. Um, just grazed me coming off the layoff, and I'm, I'm going to look up the stats for Phil D'Amato doing... Uh, coming off a year, at least a half-year layoff with older horses while Chris shares his opinion on this race. Well, I'm actually with Henry on this one. I thought it was really interesting. This horse, I don't think it's ever been off the board running on dirt, and they bring it back off the layoff. In fact, I don't think it's ever run, run worse than second. Um, in six lifetime starts and they bring it back off the layoff going five for long on the turf. So I thought that was interesting. It would be nice to know exactly what they're thinking. Um, if this was a target, then I, you know, that's really positive and the horse's breeding is okay for turf. Um, so, and the price will be right. It might be that they're targeting a, a dirt stakes and this is a prep for that. And it'll be a little easier on the horse if they're going on the turf. But I'm hoping it's more on the target side. I mean, even if it is a prep, it, the horse could surprise them and really take the turf. So I, I'm i definitely like that horse at the price. Um, the other horse that's interesting to me, um, in these five furlong turf sprints I've learned a long time ago, the horse that gets the lead is typically the most likely winner, no matter how fast the pace looks on paper or, you know, how bad the horse is. Um, if it can get the lead in these races, it could win. And the 10 horse Kenton Road, I think, will get the lead through the outside post. Um, uh, and if it can, you know, cross over and clear this field, I think it can win the race. And I think, you know, that's that's a possibility even though it's much slower than some of these other horses, um, just being on the lead is so dangerous in these five furlong turf races. And that horse is a crazy nine to two morning line. I think it's going to be much higher than that. Um, so those are the two price horses. Um, I think SY Sky is a solid favorite. So I'm, I have some respect for that horse, but I think the two live long shots are uh, eight just grazed me, the horse that Henry liked. Um, and that's probably the one I would go with on top. And then I think Kenton Road, just because, you know, he looks like the lone speed, or at least the, the speed of the speed, um, is that's always dangerous as well. All right. Uh, it's interesting that SY Sky, who is not going to be seven to two, like the morning line says, it's going to be more like two to one or less, as she always is, is also trained by the same trainer, Phil D'Amato, as Just Grazed Me. The stats on Phil D'Amato coming off a 180-day-plus layoff for older horses on turf. He's 13 for 79 with a 161 ROI, and that's courtesy of a trainer pattern that I have on Formulator. So that's kind of our Formulator 
formulator fact of the week. So he can win. Uh, it's you know, he's n- not tremendous value. I it's just I'll, I'll have to read the story in the in the racing forum. Usually they'll have a story about any upcoming stake, and see what he says about what his intention is having these two horses in the same race, uh, which kind of leads me to think that just graze me might be prepping. I don't know, but um, also I'm not sure if they're the same owner or not. Uh, no, they are different owners. So, so maybe he's trying to win with both. Anyway, the horse I landed on in this race is lady Subi. She has a nice little pattern has um she's a little bit slower than sy sky she's only one for six on the turf but she's eight to one morning line the pattern says to me the pattern says like she could easily pop here as a four-year-old she gets blinkers off after having them on for two races she was originally trained by chad brown so They had high hopes for this horse at some point, and she was always fast. She ran fast in her first two races. So at 8-1, to that's the horse that I'm going to roll with. And um, the other horse that I was somewhat interested in was Gypsy Blue, who gets in light and has a nice little pattern. Just one correction. It is actually the same owner for both the, the model horses. So, oh yeah, Nick Alexander is the same as. Yeah, he's the owner. He's the breeder owner on both of those horses, and um, so I mean that's just a. a oh, I, don't know. Uh, I was looking at the wrong horse. Uh, sorry. Uh, and so anyway, just. So yeah, so now we got to read the Daily Racing Form article to see what they're thinking, why they're running both these horses in this race. Yeah, I mean that that does that is kind of a key part. I don't know if they'll have anything about it in the article, um, uh, but like I said, even if this is not necessarily the target for this horse, um, uh, it might surprise um, the connections as well. Given the breeding says that there's no reason why it couldn't run on turf, especially for five furlong sprint. So we'll have to see, but. In terms of the price, though, Scott, I don't know if you checked the public handicapper. I mean, it's eight to one on the morning line, but it's thirty-eight to one on public handicapper right now. So, oh my God, <laughs> uh, you know uh, that to me, if you get you know like fifteen, twenty to one or higher, uh, I think you have to play this horse. Um, same with Kenton Road, who's thirty-eight to one, which surprises me, off that nine to two morning line. So, either the PH. Uh, early pH players are, you know, were, were had a bender last night, or the morning line's pretty bad in this race. We'll have to see which it is. Uh, probably both. The morning line is bad, <laughs> and pHers went on a bender last night. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our fourth race, which is the eighth race at Del Mar. It's the San Clemente Stakes, a grade two for fillies that are three years old, or three-year-old fillies. It's a mile on the turf. And we'll let you start with this one, Chris. All right. This one. Uh, so, Henry, you were tracking this. Do you know if Stillwater Cove is in or out of this race? Uh, she's entered today at Saratoga. So it's a 
I think it's a six horse field and the uh, Lady George at Saratoga today. So I, I would think she'd run there, but we'll have to wait to see it until this morning. Well, we'll know after today, though. Yeah. So um, I'm assuming that they will stay in Saratoga if they've caught a six horse field and a stakes race. But um, so for now, let's just assume she's not in the race. If she is, I think she's the one to beat. Um, I actually played her in the Breeders' Cup last year um, on the Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, this is going two turns, but I think she can handle it. She had lots of trouble in her last race, and her first race off the layoff was really good. Um, but assuming she's not in the race, the horse that I like a lot in here is the six horse over emphasize. Um, one thing to keep in mind uh, at Del Mar when they move from from Santa Anita to Del Mar, the turf course at Santa Anita normally is much more speed favoring than the turf course at Del Mar. The Del Mar turf typically is more um, uh, helpful to the closers. So I'm always looking for horses who run solid at Santa Anita, but you know couldn't necessarily win, but they were running pretty well because often the switch to, to Del Mar is exactly what they need to start to win races rather than just, you know, hit the board. And I think a great example of that in this race is number six, Overemphasize, who's been really rock solid um, in, in her starts, but um, just hasn't been able to get the job done in her last couple. Uh, you know, she's hit the board. But um, it's just hard to finish off and close past good horses. Like uh, in her last race, Lady Prance a lot and Hostess ran ahead of her. And they're pretty good horses. They would be favored in this race, I'm sure. Um, but now she gets to go to Del Mar. And all three of her turf races have been very good. She's hit the board in all three. In fact, she's been pretty consistent even when she was running on dirt. And I think... Uh, with the uh, and plus I like her trainer McCarthy he's a good trainer so you know to me this is the time where she gets a more favorable setup and she's a really got a real strong closing kick and I think that will really work to her advantage um, at the new the, the Del Mar turf and that's my play at 8 to 1 on the morning line and let me check public handicapper Looks like she's twenty-seven to one on public handicapper. Wow! I hope we get something uh, like that. Another shocker on the PH odds board. Uh, I will note that I, right now I have overemphasized in second on that in that race, with reserving the right to to move her up when I actually make my public handicapper picks. But there's a lot of speed in this race, and I I see. Uh, almost every horse uh, sort of wants to be on the lead or close to it, and that could really work to her advantage. Uh, Henry, what are you thinking? Um, I'm with Chris on this one. I, I like overemphasizing here. I actually watched the replay of the honeymoon last night. Um, she had a little bit of traffic issues, but she was running at the end. Um, it is interesting, just look at the jockeys in this race. You have... Uh, Flavian Pratt rides the other one for McCarthy on the outside. It's kind of strange he ended up there on a horse that just broke its maiden. 
Uh, we had Alonzo Quinones, who's two for 123 this year. I'll add it right and overemphasize. So hopefully he can get his third win here. Um, but it's interesting that um, out, of, out of the honeymoon, Lady Prancelot would have been the favorite, favorite in here. She scratched or didn't enter because she got sick. And Hostess, um, I read, has been retired. So those two are out. Overemphasized finish behind those two. I just think the race sets up for her. She should come running at the end. Uh, actually, I think the mile might benefit her, shorten up a little bit. And uh, if she's anywhere over 15 to 1, she's great value in that. Okay. Uh, well, that's... Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're all sort of... We all really appreciate overemphasize. And I don't know where I'm going to finally land, but the horse that I initially picked in first is the one Keeper of the Stars who has been a new horse since being put on synth and turf. She's three for three since that happened, and three for three this year. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch her last race, but the uh, comment line in the racing forum is broke 17-year record. So that's pretty impressive. And I also note that on June 29th, she ran a sizzle 59-2 and two workout which was best out of 58. Now, she does want the lead. She's had the lead in her last three races, so that could compromise her. But she probably will get the lead because she's got the inside post, and maybe the other ones will back off a little bit because they know she wants it so bad. I don't think she's 12 to 1. She's 6 to 1 on public handicapper. That seems a little bit more likely to me. And that is probably my pick in this race. Yeah, just a couple things on that. That was one of the Holland Orfer horses that had to go to a different bar. In this case, that went to Jonathan Wong, who works miracles up at Golden Gate. And the horse sports a really good workout um, since its last race. So I think those are all positives. But like you said, I think they have to send from the rail, and there's just so much speed in this race. It's going to be hard to um, win on the front end. Uh, but that horse, uh, if you know somehow it can rate, or like you said, that they, they don't all six or seven of the front runners don't want want the lead. Uh, it could certainly run. If it doesn't run well here. That's a horse I would be interested in playing back the next time out if it can catch a race where there's not so much speed. Um, the other horse in here, that'll be a price, I think. You mentioned McCarthy has another horse, and, and or I think Henry mentioned it, and Flavian Pratt is on board. That's Kalanicki? Kalanicki. Kalanicki. Okay. She, um, you know, her only turf race was really good she won wire to wire but that was a maiden race and she was just probably much the best in there um so i don't think you can infer that's her you know preferred or needed running style um you know there's no reason to think that she couldn't settle back especially with flavian pratt riding who's very patient and drawing the outside post there's no reason why you know he couldn't let her drop back behind the speed um and work a good trip from off the pace because they should be pretty strung out going a mile with all these these burners on the front end. Um, and that horse, let me see what that one is on public handicapper. It's only eight to one, it's a little surprising. Um, 
but that horse I think is interesting. Again, I like the trainer. Uh, I think it's a good rider switch. And I always like horses that, you know, when they try something new for the first time, they really do well. That was only its second start of its life. It's, um, and it was off the bench. Uh, there's a lot of reasons you think that horse could improve. I wish it had a little better post, but with all the speed, I think um, Pratt could work a trip um, on that horse. And hopefully, it, you know, the breeding Broken Valley, El Prado, that doesn't scream, you know, speed, speed, speed. So I'm thinking, you know, this horse might be able to, to work a trip from off the pace. Um, so that's probably the other one besides overemphasize I like. Although of the speed horses, uh, the one that, you know, Scott mentioned is very live. Again, that one, I'm probably more interested the next time it runs um, because I just think it's up against it given the pace dynamic. Uh, and the other horse, the, the favorite in this race, maximum rate, is one that can sit off the pace, so it should benefit from a hot early pace as well. So I don't think you can leave the favorite out um, in this race. I think Keeper of the Stars, any horse that decides to go with Keeper of the Stars is going to be on a suicide mission. So I think there's a possibility that they're going to just let her have the lead because there are other horses, like, for example, Mucho Unusual won on the lead two races ago, but in its last race came from three lengths back at the half and still won. So she doesn't have to have the lead. Devil's Dance maybe, you know, has to have the lead. It, it, it did win on the lead at five furlongs. You know, maybe that's the, they figure that's the only way to do it, but that they can possibly win. But I think they're really, you know, they're tackling a horse that just set a track record on the lead from the inside. So they're, they're going to have to gun it. And I think there's a chance that we get actually a, an honest pace. So given that the horse is going to be at least six to one, I think that's pretty much the horse I'm going to stick, stick with, even though I understand like if, if, they run a 22 and three, you know, 22 one quarter that it's over. Yeah. Just one other thing. If, uh, I don't know if you've been following the Del Mar races the first few days, but you know, I, I had mentioned that typically the turf course favors closers and definitely the first two days, um, it seemed like you were better off you know, making a late move than trying to win on the front end. Um, so, which is consistent with what you typically have seen the last few years at Del Mar. So I, I just think even just the course, you know, the natural um, bias of the course works against the front runners, especially when you've got a race uh, when there's so much speed. And two of those horses you mentioned, Harmless and Devil's Dance are sprinters. So it's hard to believe they're going to try to rate them going a mile. Um, you know, they're probably going to be right up on the lead for sure. Um, and there's a couple others that want to be up close. So, you know, if Keeper of the Stars does win this race, um, that will be impressive. And, and Jonathan Wong is um, capable of doing some impressive things as a trainer. And this is the first start with, um, uh, with that horse. But uh, it's going to have to be very good, I think. We're very lucky in terms of the way the race unfolds to win. You are correct that uh, speed has been compromised at Del Mar the first couple days. Uh, closers have 
had an advantage. However, the fifth race yesterday, mile and an eighth on the turf, wire job with a four to one horse. So, so it's not impossible. Uh, I don't think I'll be betting the race either way, given all those questions. It's really more pretty much just a public handicapper pick. You have any more thoughts on this race, Chris, uh, Henry? No, I think you guys covered it pretty well. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, Monmouth, stakes races, um, anything else that you've seen that you like, Henry? Um, nothing else at Monmouth. I will say the the Saturday card at Saratoga, which turned into the Sunday card. Uh, there's a horse that has a monster work going in, I think, probably the 10th race now, Baracho. Uh, he's a three-year-old dropping back into a, a optional claiming company after finishing third in the Woody Stevens. He worked a mind-boggling 45-4 and four the other day, best of 91. Um, he looks like he's set for a big effort in there at seven furlongs on Sunday. All right. Uh, Chris, any thoughts from you on other yeah, races? That- yeah, that race that Henry mentioned is a really salty allowance race. I mean, it could easily be a stakes race. Um, I did see that workout by Baracho. Um, I don't know if he can win, but he certainly uh, has a chance in that workout. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, that's like an old school workout there. Um, the one I'll, I'll just point out one race on the Monmouth undercard, the eighth race, the Molly pitcher stakes. I think you know, Midnight Bisu will be one to five in there, and she deserves to be the favorite. Um, I don't think it's very often any horse deserves to be one to five, so I'm always trying to beat a horse that's that heavily bet. And it seems like a strange place to run a horse this good. Um, you know, this is not a big stakes race, $150,000 um, stakes race at Monmouth. So, um, the horse I kind of like in there as a possible, you know, long shot upsetter is Coach Rocks, who um, gets seven pounds in weight, uh, drew an inside post, and had a couple of big races last year for Dale Romans. You know, he gets horses to pop every once in a while. Um, uh, this year, she hasn't really run well, but her start, she's had excuses, and the last couple have been. Well, see, I don't want to say she hasn't run well, but she hasn't run a big race yet. And two of those races were on off tracks, and another one was just off the layoff sprinting was clearly a prep. So I think she could be sitting on a really big race um, for Dale Romans. And at the weights, uh, with some significant improvement off her best race last year, she has a chance to upset Midnight Bisu. And at worst, you know, she could run second. Um, and she's, I think, you know, the fourth or fifth choice in the wagering on the morning line. So, you know, maybe Coach Rocks to pull off a shocker over Midnight, Midnight Bisu in the eighth at Monmouth. Yeah, one uh, one note on that race, it looks like Electric Forest is entered in there. She's also entered in the Shuvie on Sunday at Saratoga, so I don't think she's running. Okay, well, I, 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 can, I can see why they might not want to run against Midnight Bisu. I probably won't touch that race because Midnight Bisu is sort of like Gunrunner. She just keeps getting better. And uh, betting against her has been futile for the last four races, I think. Um, but I ha- and I haven't looked at any other race on the card besides the public handicapper races. 
I look forward to doing that. And since they canceled Saratoga on Saturday, I will have plenty of time to do it. Uh, so any other final thoughts before we end the podcast, boys? I would just say for well, you I, to oh, I, I would just say to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate for you and um, enjoy uh, Monmouth. I'll be bringing gallons of gallons of water and a, a, a backpack full of ice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that will last for about half 30, 30 minutes probably. Um, just we did have a pretty good pod last week. I thought, I mean, three of the four races we hit, which I thought was pretty good. Um, I was just curious, you know, Henry did well in the contest last week. What was your big horse that, uh, put you um, over the top? I had a couple, um, the end result, uh, that got me there was the last race at Saratoga. Um, I had the trifecta that paid $300 and I had it for, it was $300 for 50 cents. I had it four and a half times and I had a $10 exacta between uh, Patriot drive and I think it was Derby champagne. Uh, but building my bankroll throughout the day, I used uh, daily doubles at Woodbine, which is my favorite bet there because uh, of the low takeout. Um, I really liked a horse that turned out to go off at three to five, but I had the doubles on both sides of it, um, including uh, Pamina in the stakes race there that you guys had picked. I had picked second. So um, that double with uh, less than even money shot and Pamina paid roughly $25 for a buck and I had it uh, like 30 times so that helped build the bankroll um, and then I had another daily double at Saratoga for another like 600 or so but the big cash was in the last race at Saratoga but I wouldn't have gotten there um, without the uh, early doubles that I played at Woodbine um, so it was a nice contest um, I, I was able to focus on three tracks Woodbine, Saratoga and Arlington and uh, has some horses I liked, so it uh, worked out well. Well, yeah. congratulations on a good thanks. finish. Yeah, thanks. And I will note that uh, Henry and I were texting before the race, and he said that he really loved that Derby Champagne, and I uh, concurred that the horse was good. And then I, I went in and said, hey, I really like Patriot Drive, and Henry said, I like that horse too. So you know that's a good sign when two different – uh, handicapping methodologies arrive at the same horse and that exact I think paid like 73 bucks yeah and it was an odd race because the favorite scratch at the gate and it just it was it, it was crazy but it worked out well all right well congratulations for that and uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 reserve a seat for you at our table our lucky table at the NHC that's great sounds good thanks a lot all right, so that wraps up the PH Pod for this week. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Henry. And most of all, thanks to everyone who is listening. And now, please enjoy a little Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout. Cheers. <laughs>